Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Tina. I'm a member of Fleet Baptist Church, and it's my privilege to be sharing with you today. We've been looking at the book of Colossians in the past few weeks. Paul the Apostle was writing to a young first century church who'd received Jesus, and they now had this new life and identity in him. In chapter 3, which is where we got to, Paul shows them how they can live in a way that pleases God. When we get to heaven, we won't be taking a theology test, I hope. God wants our knowledge of him to become our experience and to become real in our lives. Paul illustrates this process by using the metaphor of clothing. We see that Jesus told the disciples before Pentecost to wait until they were clothed with power from on high. So in this chapter, Paul explains the values and priorities of the kingdom of God by telling the new believers what they needed to be taking off in terms of their previous lifestyle and what they should be putting on instead. It's a very concise chapter, but of course, what's covered in a few verses of scripture can be useful for us during a lifetime of discipleship because we too, like the Colossians, are a work in progress as we pursue our own relational journey with Jesus. So I've been thinking about what we want to look like and be like as a church when we emerge from this season that we've been in. So let's read. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavour to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness to all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, <clears throat> release this same gift of forgiveness to them. You are always and dearly loved by God. These scriptures actually are all about our identity in him. And this particular first verse reminds us that God chose each of us before the foundation of the world. He made the decision to love us before the world came into existence. What we do does not determine his love for us. Now, we want the knowledge of this love to sink down. Speaking for myself, there is always room for more of God's love to move south from my heart, sorry, from my head, and to go deeper into my heart. I'm always challenged by things Jackie Pullinger, the missionary to Hong Kong, says, and this is one of them. My message is always the same. It's how to get us sure enough of God's love so we can go out and share it with the lost. So <clears throat> let's have a look at a couple of the kingdom virtues that we are to be clothed with. The message version calls them the wardrobe that God has picked for us to put on. Every item is custom made with his label on it. Be gentle. Gentleness in the eyes of a self-assertive culture might be thought of as weakness, but actually it's a word of great potential. 
It means strength that is under control and channeled for purpose. We are to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, because he wants us to be able to use our personalities, our strengths, and abilities, all the uniquenesses that he's created us with for his kingdom purposes. We can think of the Apostle Paul. He described himself as a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. But after he encountered Jesus, his unique background, his intellect, and his unstoppable drive were used by God to drive the church's expansion to the great cities of the Roman Empire. Have a look at Psalm 139, and I suggest the Passion Version, because it gives a great new look at that psalm. It describes the intimate care and pleasure God took in creating us. He wants us to be able to rule our own spirit and emotions and to fulfill our potential in life. That psalm shows us that the days of our lives are his gifts. Okay, be humble, humility. The Greeks definitely saw humility as a weakness. It was never a Greek virtue. It's a uniquely Christian virtue. It involves being prepared to lay aside your own rights for the sake of others. The Bible calls two people humble, Jesus and Moses. Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. The Passion Version of Philippians 2.8 says, He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to reveal himself as a man. Now we know that Jesus had a truly divine nature and a truly human nature. He did not shrink from the frailty of his humanity being exposed when he went to the cross. It's been said that love is moving towards others without self-protection. To love is to be vulnerable. Humility recognizes that we're a community, we're part of a body, we need each other. Humility permits God's grace in our lives. Okay, be unoffendable, not an easy one. The Bible is a very real book. Just being people, we are liable to take and to give offense. C.S. Lewis said, forgiveness is a wonderful idea until we have someone to forgive. Someone else has said we should be three things, a giver, a forgiver, and a forgetter. Scripture warns us about holding on to offenses because they divide and separate us. Forgiveness for each other flows out of us being forgiven, as the verse said. We need Holy Spirit to be able to flow through us in a prevailing atmosphere of love and acceptance as we go forward. All these qualities show that as the people of God, our focus is outward to others. In this chapter, we don't hear much about the more charismatic things, the power gifts, the miracles. These qualities are all relational. They're about character, not gifting. I think sometimes we can think of the kingdom as being what we do out there, but God also wants the kingdom to increase in our relationships. 
I think that holds promise for the future. When we're joined with Jesus, we're joined to others as part of his body. We're joined to each other. We all need supportive friendships in church to mature and grow. When next we're able to sit beside someone in church, we'll be sitting next to someone with Jesus in them. All the characteristics that Colossians tell, tell us to be putting on and growing in are the ways that God first relates to us. They're all Jesus' words and qualities and a manifestation of the Holy Spirit being at work in us. They're a process he helps us with. Kindness has been very much to the fore in this difficult season we've been in. And during the early stages, I had this incredible sense of grace coming on our communities. I just saw all this grace settling on us. It was as if a veil was lifted and God was giving us eyes to see what really matters. It was as if he just shone his light on all the people who do the important things, the people who serve us in a multitude of ways. They mostly wear a uniform of some sort, representing the companies or organisations they work for. I just saw them moving in this grace to serve the common good, to keep life going for us and to preserve and save life. In all sorts of ways, servant-hearted leadership was being demonstrated and I felt this spirit was profoundly pleasing to God. It exemplified kingdom virtues. No matter where we look in scripture, the word ministry means a type of service, service of all kinds, including serving tables as in Acts 6. Service is giving, it's love made visible. We're all called to serve and to lead in some way in our service. Everyone has a sphere of influence one person at a time. God is the greatest servant leader in the universe. He so loved that he gave. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Church, <clears throat> we're the beneficiaries of God's grace, and we're also the means through, him, through whom his grace reaches others. Jackie Pullinger again. She's remarked regarding her mission work we don't talk about ministries. I don't have a ministry either. I just have a life. The joy is knowing Jesus. The joy is knowing Jesus. It is. I said earlier about people helping life to continue for us. But we, as the church, have the great commission to be the means of introducing people to the author and giver of life to make Jesus known. I always remember this was the phrase behind a church member's vision to bring the Crossfire Christian Band into the local schools a few years ago. And I know it's still her motivation today. It's been commented on that throughout history, plagues and pestilences have been followed by a great flourishing of the Christian faith. And there's been a sense among the prophets that a harvest is coming. 
God's rescue plan started in Genesis 3-9, when he came searching for Adam. And of course, it continues today, when people are being called back to our Father in heaven, because he seeks all people. In John 10:16, Jesus says, I have other sheep, I must bring them also. Every person's search for God is evidence of a prior work of God. In other words, he is at work in us first because God always takes the initiative. He calls and he draws people through the Holy Spirit who points people to Jesus. And as his church, we collaborate with this. 2 Corinthians 5.20 We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Corrie ten Boom said, don't bother to give God instructions, just report for duty. I think of the American delivery driver who was on the YouTube clip. One day, during this time of pandemic, she delivered a parcel to a household that was shielding a very vulnerable baby. The parents had left a note outside asking for deliveries to be left on the porch for the sake of the child. Unknown to the delivery driver, there was a camera in the doorbell. It records her seeing the note, then taking the time to stop and to pray for the baby before rushing back to her van. It was a small thing in a way, but during her everyday work life, that young woman demonstrated that she was ready to report for duty. Let's look at our last scripture. Living the new life. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. This is the agape love that comes from God his gift of unconditional love that is not earned. This love holds us secure and together and carefully joins us. This picture also speaks of a rope or a cord where all the differing strands representing people's gifting in the church, they come together and they are entwined and that's when the cord becomes strong and usable. We are called into one body and we need each other to fulfill the kingdom task for his glory. Everyone's needed, everyone is valued. In a sense, there's no hierarchy in terms of service, as whatever we do, we do for the Lord. His peace breaks down every wall of division. Every barrier that would divide people is down in Jesus. In our differences and diversity, we make a unity that should represent Jesus well. When I was searching for truth and didn't know God, he led me to a fellowship of believers. There was just something indefinable about them. They were a mixed group of people, but it just felt good. It felt like home. There was this indwelling presence amongst them. The key thing is, the way they were so welcoming and loving, that pointed me to Jesus. But I then found him to be true for myself. 
The most important thing is for people to come to know Jesus personally for themselves. Going back to what I said about uniforms, as the body of Christ, we don't have an outer uniform. Our dress code is the inner work of the Spirit. It's his grace that enables us to become the people he wants us to be. We are living in extraordinary times, and I feel this is a time and will continue to be a time when all the kingdom virtues of mercy, compassion, kindness, patience, gentleness are really to the fore and will be the spirit in which we serve each other and our communities. All clothing has a texture. As we live the new life God has for us, which was the title of this last scripture reading, may people be touched by the fabric of God's love and presence amongst us. Thank you, Tina. Jamie, I wonder if you could put the last slide on, the last verse that we read together. And so wherever we are, whatever we're doing, um, can we just reflect on these words that Tina's brought us this morning? Very challenging. What have we heard this morning? Let's just look at the screens, look at your devices and just read those words again. Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all, all together, not just some of us, but all of us together in perfect harmony. How we love harmonies. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. So many other things try and take dominion. They try and overthrow. They try and become our new idols. But it says, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we're not talking just the labels that we give, the labels Fleet Baptist Church or some community church or whatever. It's the body of Christ, universal, global, eternal. We are all members of that, and you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. And that isn't easy, is it? But to live a life of thankfulness. So this morning, what have you heard? These are the things that I've jotted down as Tina's been talking. I love the imagery of God's wardrobe. I love the fact that we can clothe ourselves with the fabric from God's wardrobe. That she said our dress code is the inner work of the Holy Spirit. That, that is, is, is amazing that, that that inner work that the Holy Spirit does within us then becomes our dress code. It becomes the way that we fashion. What is the fabric? It's about kindness. It's about forgiveness. It's humility. It's service. But she also said it's the promise of a harvest. We are known by our clothing or as we read in the Bible, we are known by our love. So God, I pray that this week as we walk about these streets or homes or as we go about whatever we do in this season, I pray that uh, we will be known by our clothing, <laughs> that we will be known by our love, that the very fabric of our being will not be uh, just our personality, the uniqueness that you've given to us, but they will be things like humility, grace, kindness, unconditional love, everything that you've shown to us, God, I pray that we will put it on, that they will be our inner and our outer clothing, and that we live out this week with the fabric of your work within us. Amen.